You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. David, the volatility continues. I mean, that's almost a constant every single yeah. day. Okay, to some degrees more or less than other days. But if you looked at Friday, for example, the S&P, I don't think it was any, was there any big numbers out on Friday? Um, well, the job numbers. Oh, the, the jobs, jobs numbers, numbers of course. Out. Yeah, the jobs oh. numbers came out. Of course, of course, it was the first Friday of the month. And what happened was that the S&P futures were up quite nicely. And then the jobs numbers came out. And at one stage, the S&P futures, not straight away, but a couple of hours later, went down. And then, of course, they they rallied after that. And it's a strange recession if it is a recession because jobs keep on doing relatively well. I mean, you must be getting to the bottom of the employment pool now or potential employment pool, I would have thought, in America. It's so difficult to read. I, I think the strength might be a lag effect. And I suppose if uh, we continue to see rates rise, which seems to be the direction that's uh, uh, we're building in, you know, it's unlikely that um, the Fed is going to pull back at, in, in, you know, with, with, within the next few months. So you might start to see employment fall. But it's quite perverse that we're hoping, you know, the way we act, that we're hoping that those numbers are bad and that people are being laid off and not being employed. Whenever I think about that rationally, I can't get my head around it. Mm. But, I mean, that's how we're thinking at the moment. And um, so – I, there are various interpretations because the unemployment rate kicked up a bit and you have to know your employment well. You know, it has, you have to be an economist that looks at all these numbers to draw these kind of conclusions. But, uh, I mean, for the layman like ourselves, it was still a pretty robust numbers. The previous months were also upgraded. So uh, if you want a job in America, you can get it. Yes. But that's not what the Fed wants. The Fed doesn't want you to get your job. You know, it doesn't want deployment to take place. What it, it doesn't want... To drop. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But what it doesn't want is the wage inflation mm. to get out of hand. And I don't see how it can. Mm. I mean, I don't know if you know anything about economics, because I don't. But from what I do right. understand is that there's something called demand and there's something called supply. When there's yeah. more demand than there is supply, then prices go up because people just keep on bidding, bidding, bidding like an auction. And they say, well, um, so-and-so is going to offer me $75,000 dollars a year uh they'll say okay well then i'll offer you eighty-five thousand dollars a year and so yeah. it goes on it's the wage yeah. inflation david i didn't see the actual numbers on the wage inflation but uh, I, I think it ticked up by 0.1 percent or something i don't know yeah for years they complained there was a complaint that um income earners were being underpaid and uh, that their increase in wages was not keeping track with the real economy yeah. So there was always a worry, you know, that that uh, robots were taking over and there wasn't enough employment. This is the opposite. Now that we've got it, we want to actually clamp down on it. So it's it's I you know it's it's very difficult to to understand what's happening in uh, in the markets. The only I I I think the British we, I think we discussed this the other night. Yes, certainly Andrew Bailey was a little more. Um, open-minded about it, and at least the Europeans are trying to get a balance between growth and inflation. Understand that you need both, but they are lagging the U.S. The U.S. economy is much stronger, and therefore uh, the Fed can be bolder. 
But I think that, um, you know, in, in Europe and the UK, I think there's much more circumspect. People are a little more conscious of growth. So, Lindsay, when we put all the, these numbers together and put all the news, there's still no clarity. It's still a very confused, ambiguous, uncertain time. You know, it's difficult to, to position yourself uh, in any kind of strategy, whether it's a bond strategy or whether it's an equity strategy. You know, it's, it's, it's very difficult to take uh, or to make any bold moves uh, against the, in the background that we're seeing at the moment. So, um, you know, we just, we just sit here. You just sit here and watch the market. As you say, the volatility up one day, down the next, all over the place. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're going to. I, I'm a little disappointed because I thought that we'd see the S&P rally towards the year end and that we'd see it up above 4,000 and things would well, start David, to look a little more clear. David, it's only the 7th, 7th of November. I mean, let, let's face it. And it was up one and a third percent on Friday, eventually after chopping and changing throughout the afternoon. So it wasn't that bad a day. I thought it was actually a very, nah. very good day. Yes, uh, the, the uh, uh, JSC hasn't really embraced it that much, to, but um, I, I don't know. You I, can't. You know, the trouble is I don't, I, I don't feel the desire, the attraction to go out and, you know, fill up a stocking full of stocks at this stage. I'm just, okay, well, listen, we're just going to, we're just going to surf on, you know, or just glide into the, to the, rest, to the end of the year and just wait for any kind of positive news that could come out of the Fed or anything on the inflation. We see inflation's coming out. The reading comes out on Thursday. And uh, at this stage, I, I, yeah, it, you know, the headline number will be down a little bit. The core number will be down a bit, but not enough to, I think, really influence where the Fed's going or where, um, you know, where other central banks will go as well. I mean, you know, I'm talking in a broader context as well. So we haven't seen enough. But um, I, I would imagine that you're going to start to see goods and services levels falling. I think uh, perhaps the wages are still the one area that's – or the employment market is still bothering the Fed. But I, I, I wish – I, there, there was a lovely article in, um, I think, in the Financial Times over the weekend. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was a guest, I think it was a guest writer. Um, and he was talking about Milton Friedman, monetary economics, and Bernanke and uh, the modern-day economists, you know, which use interest rates. And, and quite honestly, right at the end, which I liked, you know, is that he just said, to be honest, You've got central banks putting levers up and down and hoping they get the lag right, meaning the lag is that whatever they're doing now does have some effect down the line. So it doesn't overkill or whatever it is. So, you know, all, all the conclusion he came to is that everybody's just putting at levers and hoping. Okay, so it's confusion. I, I think of there. all the years, I mean, every year at the end of the year, everyone says, gosh, I'm really looking forward to this year being over. But I think 2022, mm. if you wrote all yeah. the negatives down, all the headwinds, as people yeah. call them, if you wrote them all down, you'd say probably 2022 has been the most testing uh, because it's also yeah. got the legacy of 2020 and 2021 behind it, yeah. i.e. the um, global health crisis. And it's been compounded by supply chain and inflation and rising interest rates and choppy markets and geopolitics and all that sort wow. of thing. I think 2022 has been your most difficult for years, David, you yes. as an asset manager. Absolutely. No doubt about it. 
because in each other case, there was some solution. It might have been caused by an incident, and you knew that uh, you knew we were going to get out of it. Um, but but this the, the the feeling that we've got now is very similar to 2021, where um, they were working on a vaccine. You know, the markets did recover, yeah. and that the reason they recovered is because of so much stimulus. But there was still a level of uncertainty. You never knew whether we were going to travel again. There was, there was, it, it was much more emotional in those days. But at the moment, this has been a grind down. There hasn't been a day uh, from the time that um, you know markets started to fall and Russia invaded the Ukraine. I don't think there's been a day where you can actually get up and smile and say, listen, I feel like going to the office. We've just seen it, <laughs> you know, grind lower and lower and lower, you know, and, and, and even now we're still trying to work our way through the news and, and understand, you know, what this is all about. But Lindsay, you made, you know, you know, the point you made is, you know, the, the, the point you made is so relevant, um, in the sense that, that we've we got through two years of very difficult times. You know, two years those two years were difficult. They had they had worn us out physically, emotionally, and no sooner were we getting out of it, which was supposed to this year, you know, have we got problems? And I don't, you know, this could go on. This could go on until the Fed decides that they've had enough and uh, things are going to improve. You know, things are going to work better. There's a couple of things I worry about. When I, I mean, I, I watch far too much television, and I don't know which um, channels to believe. I, I genuinely believe the the BBC, but that's because I've got a loyalty to them because uh, my ancestry is British and I was born in Britain. Okay, CNN. I don't know. I, I, I'm starting not to like them very also much. Lost it, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, uh, but, but they're better than Fox News. I wouldn't watch Fox News, for example, even though oh, I have the facility to do so. And if I want to get annoyed, annoyed and want to get angry, then I'll put on Fox News, Fox and Friends in the morning, for example, the most ghastly show. But there's the certain things, I mean, silly things. You know Foxconn, uh, David? Yes. Foxconn, which um, makes iPhones and supplies 70, yeah, yeah. 70%, I think it is, of all the components for iPhones, whether they're made in China or made somewhere else, they are, it's like iPhone city there. Do you know how many people Foxconn employs in, in its one facility? And I don't know what region of China it is, Zhuangzi or something, I can't remember. Anyway, I'm, I'm being disrespectful because I don't know the name. Do you know how many people they employ in one facility? And this will startle you. 50,000? 200,000. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. And they live in these, these people are like day workers. They live in hostels, in, in yes. like in dormitories. And yeah. they live in, yeah. in little beds and they get up in the morning and they do their stuff yeah. and then they go back to bed. It's been locked down because there were 10 COVID cases, I think, in the surrounding area or something like that. And they said, they have, we haven't got enough water, we haven't got enough food. So they started to break out. So you've got yeah. the world's second biggest economy and the world's one of the world's mm -hmm. largest companies, a trillion, multi-trillion dollar company, and its employees are climbing over a, a wire fence in order to get out because the conditions are so bad. That disturbs me enormously. Yeah. Another yeah. thing that disturbs me is seeing Donald Trump in Miami over the weekend uh, pumping his fists. And if he mm. comes back, then I don't know. I don't know, David. You're going to have to sell your properties in America and, 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 and bed yourself down in, I don't know, Australia or South Africa, wherever I, it is. I, I think These two things really, really disturb me. I know. 
I know it's it's American politics is toxic. Mm. I don't I can't find a stronger word to describe it. Um, when you see when you think that a man like Trump, um, having been accused of you know retaining these documents, confidential documents for whatever reason. And then also the the whole situation around the storming of the Capitol. I mean, the man who inspired it or uh, was behind it. He instigated it. He was, he was mean, instigated. He, instigated. Yeah, he did. And and yeah. And uh, um, if you think of that, that's your president, and people can vote for a man like that, and really has got the gall to stand again. Then you have to feel very sorry for America. It 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 really it you know it just highlights what the country is. And you have to be scared, you know, you, because for him to come into power again, you don't know where he's going to go, you know. Uh, and, and the worst thing is that the Republican, uh, most of the people who back the Republican Party still believe that the uh, election was rigged. I mean, if you look at the polls. Yeah. So you, you think about if you think about that, I mean, uh, and I don't think Biden's got a chance. I, honestly, I don't think he's got no. a chance in these midterms, whatever. And uh, that that there is no moral voice, or if it is, if there is a uh, morality or a moral voice in U.S. Um, in Capitol Hill, uh, it's certainly not being heard. And that the Republicans can value power over doing the right thing also is a very scary situation. Biden so says I, something oh, quite I, nice. I, I, Biden says something. Um, sorry to interrupt. Uh, Biden says something quite nice. Quite nice. He says it. It. You, you. You either love your country, no matter who's in power. And loving your country is not about winning. Loving your country is about loving your countries. In other words, he says that. He says if he's if he's not in power, Trump that is. Um, and he hasn't won, and therefore America is 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 down the drain. And it was, mm. it was, it was, it was, I haven't put no. it very eloquently. I, I can't remember the exact quote, but I think yeah. Joe Biden, uh, his speechwriter or himself, uh, comes up with some of these things, and it's quite right. Trump doesn't like America. Trump no. likes Trump. No. It's as simple as that. I know. I know. That's all he's interested in. He lost the election, and he wants to prove that he can get it back again uh, through whatever means or by whatever means. Mm. And that's, that's, that's very scary, you know. And uh, to do that, you've got to be underhand. You know, you've got to have, um, how can I, it's got to, not stolen, it's got to be almost kind of um, roll, you know, you, you've got to get people to roll over. What's it, steamroll, that's what I'm looking for. Yes. And I worry about it. I worry, I worry that people can still back him. Uh, regardless of his personality, and that's that's something when for for most of us that were brought up, you know, we always believed that uh, America would would lead the way, would do the right thing, and uh, I can't see it now. I just it's I, I really shudder at the thought of uh, another four years of Trump. I really it's 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 the most scary thought. But not only that, if you look at this Kevin McCarthy who would become the next Speaker of the House. He is poisonous. Yes. Poison, full of hate. You know, you know what I mean? You've got an American Congress that is just full of hate. Uh, Mitch McConnell as well, full of hate. There's nothing soft or nice or conciliatory about them. Um, you know, this is, uh, this is America at its worst. And, and uh, so for me, it's very scary. I just, 
you know, the, the love that I had for America or, or admiration is just gone. I'm supposed you know, to go to um, New York in, in oh. February, David. I've been invited to a corporate thing. And I've just said no. I, I, I mean, no, it's, it's no. ridiculous. I used to be a great traveller. I used uh, to love going to New York. I went uh, there quite regularly. And I don't want to go to America. It's not New York. It's, a, it's my f- second favourite city in the world. Third, actually, after Cape Town. Yeah. But I don't want to go to America. I'm scared. Yeah. And I don't like yeah. the divisive nature mm. of the yeah. of, of the politics yeah. and you, you can talk about yeah. politics but it divides society it divides individuals yeah. it divides families yeah. i yeah. cannot bear the idea of ever yeah. setting foot in america again you have to because yeah. you've got family there and property yeah. there and everything yeah. and it's a wonderful place to be but unfortunately it's becoming less wonderful by the day no they they, they distraught i mean everybody is distraught at the uh thought of another Trump or another Republican uh, administration like Trump's. I mean, he was just, uh, he had no interest in America. It was just a bumble through. This is all his own games. Uh, the, he, he ran the country the same way as he runs his properties and his his businesses. And uh, that's why there's so many court cases. But it doesn't seem to bother the American people. You know? It just has no impact on them at all. And and when I say it's not New York and it's it's not Boston and it's maybe not Los Angeles, or, but uh, it is Middle America, it is Texas, it is you know those states, it is Florida. It's just uh, it's a, it's an awful consideration. Yes, it is. And, Mm. Yeah, it's, it's actually too depressing because I could go on forever about uh, what America might to come, might become, excuse me, uh, with another four-year term from the, the monster who is Donald J. Trump. Anyway, South Africa, multi-choice. But you've got the other story. You know, you've got go the on. other story, which is the China story. I mean, you mentioned that. Yeah. You know, and you look at that and you say, hold on a sec. This is also not what we thought it was going to become. You know, that that would go backwards to to another age. And that they can actually do that by lock down people without water and, and, and put them in and virtually imprison them, you know, all for the sake um, of COVID or what the, what the background is. When I say for the sake of it, I mean without vaccinating them or without uh, or having the facility to vaccinate or even the, the right kind of drugs. I, you know, one also has to, has to wonder what's going to become of this country. There you've got no human rights. You know, there, there it's, uh, you dare not speak up. So I, th- I think you measure, you measure all of this together. You say, <laughs> you know, do, do I really have to be? I, I, I keep saying I wish I could just wander off to some Pacific island or Atlantic island or somewhere and just, just vanish, you know. Just well, you say, can do, David. It's called there. Mauritius. Uh, you'll be with a lot yeah. of um, your fellow <laughs> South Africans. Trust me on that one. Okay, <laughs> let's, have a, look at, let's have a look at South Africa now. Okay, Multi-Choice okay. came out with a trading statement. Nothing much going on there. We know what's going nah. on there. And they're going to be taken over by the French media company, Canal Plus. We know that. Um, you know, taking their time. Uh, but uh, yeah, they're biding their time, I would say. Not taking their time, they're biding their time. Robex mm. came out with... An announcement today. It was there. Was it their results or a trading statement? I can't remember. I'll look it up. Anyway, David, you mentioned Which Robex the that? other day. Sorry, I missed that. Robex. A uh, Robex, yeah. No, that was the results. Yeah. Okay. No, the share price rallied quite company, nicely. Yeah. What do you think mm, of this mm. one? It, it's a good company. Look, they, I, there's no spending here, but at least they, they've also changed from what they were originally were which is more a, a building company you know yeah. um providing aggregates of building roads more 
going into mining and that, and done well. That together with uh, AfriMath uh, are two businesses that yes. have held up pretty well in very difficult conditions, but a decent result. We knew about it. I mean, it's not a it's not a new result. I mean, they gave us a trading update some time ago. So, um, but 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 uh, you know, watch this one. Timing is still it's still early. We still got to see a lot more spending in this. Uh, you know, we've got to see a lot more spending in this country before uh, we can get really excited. But at least they're, they're, you know, they're off offshore. They're, Australia performed very well for them. So nice business. Very good. Okay, so Robex, um, you know, a, a cautious watch there. Uh, multi-choice, we know you've got a put option with Canal Plus from France. Yes. Uh, Invicta, that was interesting. Share price up 9%, 10% at the moment. Uh, what What yep. is that all about? Well, uh, Stephen Joffe took over this business and they've, they're really restructuring it, getting rid of businesses that they don't and, and repositioning it. It's an engineering business that will do, do well uh, when mining picks up and when manufacturing picks up. But, I mean, for the meantime, they are, you know, right-sizing and right-positioning this business. So I think this is just testimony to uh, to new management. It is a VISA company, you know, it's uh, yeah. but uh, you, could, you started to see the benefits of new management coming in. Okay, and re- I, redefine. I haven't looked. At, I haven't looked at the the chart of Invicta for some time. You know, I always look at it together with Udeka. Yes. But uh, I'm just trying to. Yeah, so you like to have a look one. at the South African, yep. South African, almost exclusively South African orientated um, industrial I companies. You got Invicta, Udeco, and what was mm. the other one? And, mm. and of course. Um, uh, Robex, which, as you said, Robic. started mm. out with, as one thing, but then added other things. Was it, mm. Which is the one they that went into iron ore as well? Was that Robex? No, no Afrimat, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so you know, they they well run. They they small in size. They're not the kind of businesses that you can really pick up a big stake in. Hmm. But uh, you know, if if you're <laughs> I keep thinking of South African strategy. You know, this is Invicta's worth maybe three billion rand, so it's hardly a massive business. Uh, I think Hudeka might be a little bit more. Hudeka four, you know. So I think between the two, it's you're hardly at seven or eight billion. Robex, I think, is slightly bigger. But but um, Lindsay, you know what you've got to do. When I think of um, when I think of South Africa, I think what you've got to do is you've got to go into the big ones. In other words. Build a big portfolio. You could even have tracker funds, whatever you want. But you can have a little bit of this on the side. You know what I mean? It's like uh, um, building a little bit a portfolio of some of these smaller businesses. But you can't build a big chunky portfolio out of it. It's uh, I've always thought of having a a small fund in which you can house these. You know, which can be a nice add-on, almost like a private equity fund. But um, I, I like to look at them because it gives me some insights into you know how the economy is holding up. Okay, that's South Africa out the way. Um, yep. <laughs> overseas markets. Let's have a look now. Just yeah. trying to see if anything's going on here. Iron ore rallied yeah. by four and a half five percent today, which is good for South Africa, but still off a very very low base. S and P five hundred futures um, today are doing okay, up zero point four percent. And Remember, we're a year, we we we're an hour later. Hey, we we only open up. Oh no, we're going to open up now. No, you open now. Open aren't you? up in the next minute. 
Oh, now, yeah, exactly. Normally, it's, over 3.30 it's 3.29, so it's 4.29 yeah. your time. Okay, so you're yeah, just opening yeah. up. But the, but the futures market yeah. is showing it should be a fairly brisk opening. The US 10-year mm-hmm. Treasury bond yield, 4.17%. And uh, I think that's something to do with the fact that the oil price is now $98.62, stubbornly high, David. Natural gas price is up 9% at the moment, which is also stubbornly high and must worry people a little bit. Copper down 2%, uh, iron ore up 4.7%, as I said earlier on. Uh, So it's very noisy. The whole thing is noisy. One asset class is doing this, the other asset class doing that, where they should be doing the same thing or something. I don't know. As I said, it's been a difficult year for you. Very difficult. You know, as, as, as we've discussed, what's, what's strange at the moment is that the markets are ignoring what the Chinese say about opening up. In other words, they've denied this. This was the big story on Friday that got the JSC, the top, uh, sorry, the top 40 index up ne- over 5.5%, I think closer to 5.9%. Never seen that in my life with uh, mining shares up in the region of 10%. So a lot of, you know, a lot of built up or pent up demand there. Um, and even though the Chinese authority said this, this is an untruth, this is not going to happen, they're not shifting, the market persists in, uh, in building it in. And that's why you've seen the big worry. And one of the big risks, Lindsay, if China does come back on and growth picks up, uh, demand for oil picks up, that price could go up. Uh, well over 100, and this is what it's beginning to discount. That's a big worry or a risk for inflation, you know, that we can get back to 110, 120 simply if the Chinese come online again and uh, increase their demand for oil. So it's a little bit of concern in the market now while other prices might come down. So there's this bit of nervousness, and I think that's what the oil uh, prices are beginning to uh, reflect can see our Chinese shares today. I'm just looking. Um, big story, you know, JD.com, Tencent, um, all of these shares, very, very strong. Yeah. And your attitude uh, t- towards tech, um, has the washout yeah. tempted you back in? You know what? Tech is taking a beating now, and it's taking a beating from the media as well. In The Economist this week, they had a full go at tech companies. Hmm. And uh, that was followed up by the uh, by the FT, you know, having a go at the, the results that it's that uh, you know, that profits are plateauing and uh, companies are profligate, spending money on vanity projects and recklessly and expanding and so on. So yes. tech has come under pressure. I think I think the ones that stand out are Apple and Microsoft, with Amazon a little below, and then we get. Uh, Alphabet and down below is Meta, and everybody loves to hate Mr. Zuckerberg. So yes, we um, do. You know, yeah. So that's down. You know, those are down. But I don't think you can write off, um, quite write off Microsoft and quite write off the Apples of this world, and uh, you know, and I say even the Amazons. So Alphabet as well. We need it. You know, we all use the search engine. So. Um, Anyway, but um, I, I think the media is having a full go at, uh, at companies and their results and management. You know, when they mega big, when they're that big, of course they attract uh, a huge amount of pea shooters. 
Are you going to pay, um, what's his name, uh, the world's richest man, Elon Musk, are you going to pay him $20 a month in order to be no. on a service that oh, you have had for nothing for the last um, yeah. 10 years or 7, 8 years or something? I'm when, certainly yeah. not paying him that yeah. money. I'd rather no, go off. No. I'd rather no. go offline. But he's, I, I, think, I think he comes a little under Trump in my view. You know, in my popularity poll, I think it's Trump and then Mr. Musk. I think he's just a nut, nutcase and so full of his own ego and pomp. And if you want to build a company, you want to keep the advertisers in. You don't want to push them out. You know, they can easily pull and find something else. So I don't know. I don't know what his game is, but um, I just, I just ignore him. Yes. I like his car. I like a Tesla, but it's overpriced, um, like his stock probably is. Probably overpriced. Yeah, it's way overpriced. If it came to buying. Mm, mm. Mm. All right, uh, David. Let's. Uh, that's all out the way now. But before the end of the year, <laughs> we'll do your outlook for 2023. What you're buying, what you're not buying, what maybe you're even selling. I don't know, uh, but certainly, on that final note, I'm, my Twitter account will be uh, disabled if I have to pay. Uh, for a service I've been used to. Um, get an advertising agency, for goodness sake. You don't need me to pay you $20 when you're worth you know, $200 billion or something. <laughs> okay, um, football now. Uh, what a fantastic weekend in the English Premier League. Wasn't it amazing? What yeah. fun. Yeah. No, it was. It was, uh, um, it was quite remarkable. And um, for me, it was, you know, certainly. And... and to be honest, I, I watched the Man City game versus uh, Fulham. Yeah. And uh, Fulham could have come – I mean, Man City could have played with eight players and would have still beaten them <laughs> because okay. Fulham came there to lose. They, they came there to lose. And, I mean, the energy and talent of Man City just highlighted uh, – you know, Fulham are lying 8-9 and are supposedly uh, – They were 7 actually, when they went into that game. Yeah. yeah, but they were completely overwhelmed. And uh, I think it was a deserved result that, that Man City got the points. So, you know, that, that was the one. And then Arsenal played well. Really, they really, really did. Well. And do you know what I like uh, about the Arsenal thing? It was, it was a boring game. It was an attritional game. But Arsenal won it. And that's what, the, that's what true yeah, champions yeah. do. They, they grind out results. And that was a grind. Yeah. It was an awful match to watch. Um, but uh, Arsenal won it. And, and, well, look, and good luck to them. They're playing away. They're playing at Chelsea. Yeah. You know, and it's a derby. So I don't say it's always been a grudge match between the two, but still it's always been, um, you know, northern, uh, what, what do you call it? They, they, they rich clubs, you know, Spurs, Arsenal and, and uh, Chelsea. Mm. Um, they rich London clubs. But um, the other one, but the other was um, Spurs looked awful without Son. They've got Kuliszewski back, who's great. I mean, he's a wonderful player, and they've missed him. Harry Kane is also superb. I mean, the, when he's given the opportunities, he's phenomenal. And which augurs well for 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 England, but um, they were outplayed. You know, they were outplayed by by Liverpool, who don't look that great either. And um, yeah, I mean, it was a mistake by Dyer. I mean, he should be shot. Oh, please. And, and yeah. <laughs> How does he do that? He gets paid every week to be a defender, oh, and he passed know. the ball beautifully uh, to Mo Salah, who made it 2-0. That was game I know, over. I know, I know, I know. Bumbling idiot. But for me, it's great. I'm glad that Spurs lost. You know, it just are. widens the gap that Arsenal are. 
And Man United also. Um, 3-1 against Villa. It's interesting that um, Mm. Unal Emery has has come back because he was was Mm. one of your... He was one of your Arsenal managers. Man. Mm. Yeah, then he went off to Spain and now he's come back again. Yeah, no, they never gave him a chance. I didn't like him because they never gave him a chance. And he was he couldn't speak English, he was difficult. So but I mean I I don't know. I, I don't know. He never had a bad track record against uh, Man United, even for Arsenal in the very short time that he was there. But um yeah, you know, certainly Villa came came alive. <laughs> Poor old man. You could see the frustration in the Man United players. But Lindsay, I think a lot of these teams are getting old. You know, um, Liverpool looked old. Liverpool, they looked old. Jordan Henderson. They looked tired and old. Old, yeah. Yeah, they're long in the tooth, and I know what happens. There's a progression. Uh. Suddenly, I mean, I would watch the Barcelona against uh. Almeria game on, on Saturday night. And it was the last game for Gerard Piquet. And it was it was strange. He's the last. He's almost the last of the old school. Yeah. You know, you had Andreas yeah. Iniesta, you had Messi, they've all gone. And Gerard Piquet stayed on for a one, maybe even two years too long. And I watched this yeah. game and the crowd was almost relieved that he was gone. And the, the team played with more freedom. And I think they can move on from here. Whereas when yeah. Andreas Iniesta, I went to that game actually, yeah. and it was it was a wonderful experience. They were. There was a sense of the end of an era. The game on Saturday night for Barcelona was. The, I had the sense of a new beginning. But anyway, let me talk, not talk about that. Let me, let me talk about uh, UEFA Champions League draw. Okay, this is the rule. If you're top of your group, you get. Um, you can play the unseeded teams, the people that were the, the teams that yes. were second. Uh, that second. So okay. Uh, so for example, and the the. Uh, the winners of the group play the second leg at home, the first leg away, which is always an advantage. There's no away goals rule this year. So anyway, we've got Liverpool second in their group against Real Madrid. Not bad. What a game. And it's a (laughs) two-legged affair. You've got Leipzig, RB Leipzig, with Timo Werner from Chelsea, who's recently gone back there, against Manchester City, which is irritating because I can't go to Leipzig because it takes seven hours and 20 minutes and you have to change in Frankfurt to, to get there. So there's no way I'm going to Leipzig. Um, and the other one is, is Borussia Dortmund against Chelsea. And uh, mm. Chelsea okay. are so boring, I don't want to go and see uh, Chelsea in Germany. I'd, I'd love yeah. to go to the Dortmund Stadium because apparently it's incredible and uh, incredible atmosphere. But anyway, that's what's going on. The one game I am going to go to is Barcelona-Man United in the Europa League. Yeah. Which will be Ronaldo okay. against his old nemesis, Barcelona. I can't believe that they chose that. I mean, that, that, it's random, that, that, that's what happens when you go second, John. Yeah. So that's what I am going to do um, mm. in in February. So I'm mm. looking forward to that one. And Arsenal, I didn't I didn't see what they got. I'm sorry. I no, was, I haven't seen what they. got. I was no, disrespectful. I they probably got some oh. team from Azerbaijan or something. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Such a stupid right. trophy. You know they always get Barcelona. They always. No, they haven't. Man United have got Barcelona. Mm. No, I know. But that's what I'm saying. It's just a natural draw to draw Barcelona. No. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> David, thank you very much for your time. As always, David Shapiro is from Sassen Securities in Johannesburg, and that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position, 
or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.